Ephesians chapter 1. Heavenly Father, we ask you as we go into your word that there would be the breaking forth of light. Father, we know that we can we can hear messages taught and really kind of walk away and, and it just didn't penetrate. But we are asking for the help of your Holy Spirit that that spirit of wisdom and revelation would flow and that we catch it, the light go on. In Jesus' name, and we say amen. amen. Praise God. Illumination is very, very important. Um, you can read things. Sometimes the answer could be right beneath your nose. But if the Holy Spirit doesn't turn on the light, you, you miss it. Or you can have somebody tell you something that's the solution to what you need. But if you don't really catch it, uh, you miss it. Then later you're like, why did I listen to that? Okay, so the Holy Spirit is going to help us today. Praise God. Well, now, it says here in verse 17, this is one of the prayers that, of course, Paul, the apostle, prayed for the church in Ephesus. And uh, not really going to teach on, pray, on prayer today, but you can, of course, pray this very prayer over your life, over your loved ones, over your church, and uh, friends and so forth. Okay, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. So... God wants us to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is revelation? Revelation is basically means in the Greek, it's, um, it, it basically means to pull back a veil or curtain, and you can see what's been there the whole time. Now, from our perspective, when the curtains pull back, we see it for the first time. We're like, wow, I never knew that before. But it's actually been there the whole time. We just didn't see it. Okay. So the Holy Spirit can touch you. And you begin to walk in the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Can you say yes? yes? What is wisdom? Wisdom in many ways is the ability to recognize difference. Okay? The difference between right and wrong, good and evil. Even the difference in a person, their countenance. Whether or not this is a good time to talk to them or not. I think I'll come back later. Why? Wisdom denotes the, the difference in their mood. So if you want to ask something special, you want to catch them in a high place, right? So wisdom is the ability to deserve difference. Wisdom is also the ability to make right choices. Praise God. And when you start walking in the spirit of wisdom, uh, a lot of problems begin to get healed in your life because you're not making wrong turns in life. And the more wisdom you have, the more right choices you make. And just by making right choices, life begins to get a lot smoother. Can you say yes? Yes. yes. Glory to God. Now, when I was younger... In the Lord, in, in Pentecostal circles when I was younger, um, we were real big on miracles. And I, I, I'm big on miracles, but Jesus is big on miracles. But you have to understand, God doesn't want you to live on miracles. Okay. Manna was temporary. Even though they got it for 40 years in the wilderness, the moment they came into the Canaan land, the promised land, what happened to the manna the next day? Where is that? It's gone. Why? Because now you're where you're supposed to be. You can go into the land. Now you begin to operate on just normal life principles. So read. Let's go to work. Let's let's. We got crops all around us. Let's have at it. We don't really need manna anymore. Now, if you do need a miracle, God can do a miracle in your life. But if you if you work with the wisdom of God's principles that He's established in the earth, you'll find yourself where you very rarely need a miracle. And if you do need one, God is certainly there to do it. Can you say yes? So say wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, him is Jesus. The more you know about Jesus, the more you know his word, uh, the, the more colorful your life begins to become. You move from grayscale <coughs> and you move over in the beauty and color, the more joyful your life gets. And, of course, if, if you really know the Lord, then you, you're going to be inescapable from the attachment of really knowing his word. Okay, Because his word and he are, are the same. See, he's called the word, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, so forth. Uh, all good stuff. Praise God. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of your understanding being illuminated. Um, now, when I grew up in church as a young boy, uh, you know, we didn't believe in miracles. We actually were kind of indoctrinated that no more miracles today. We were like a mainline denominational church, but uh, we certainly, you know, were outside of what you would call Pentecostal, charismatic type uh, flow. We, we just didn't, we weren't aware of that, and uh, we certainly didn't see any miracles, so that kind of confirmed our uh, belief <laughs> that it doesn't happen anymore. We didn't see any healing. We didn't believe for it. And so certainly God never interrupted and did anything. 
and yeah. so um, uh, the problem was there was no faith for it. But you, you can only have faith for what you have a foundation on the word to believe for. So we didn't have that revelation. So in many ways, we actually sat in darkness. And looking back, you know, as I was raised in church as a young boy, looking back, it was very interesting because we didn't have like stage lighting like you have here, where sometimes you need to dim the lights. But looking back, the churches that I grew up in, it was always, un it was not ever lighted properly. Hmm. And, I'm, I, and I was just like, why doesn't somebody fix the lights? Why do we struggle to read what's on the page? Now, I understand here we can dim lights because we want, we got to make the screen stand out. But oh, 30, 40 years back in time, you didn't need that. But I realized the reason we're sitting in lack of light is because we were walking in lack of spiritual light. Hmm. Light, light is just, uh, the more light you have, uh, things begin to clear up. You begin to see where you're going. It's hard to walk at night. You can trip over things. All kinds of problems like that. So the eyes of your understanding being flooded with light. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. Okay, so three things here. Number one, that you may know. You pray. God, I want to know what is the hope of your calling. God has calling for the body of Christ. God has calling for every individual in the body of Christ. Can you say yes? yes. And you want to know what that is that you're tied into. You each have a, an inheritance in the body of Christ. As, as a church, this local church... And as what we would call the universal church, and also as an individual. And you're like, Lord, I certainly want to know what that is. Lord, illuminate me. The spirit of wisdom and revelation touched me so I can be tied in on this. I don't want to be over here doing this if I'm supposed to be over here doing this. And Lord, if you don't have that for me, although I may want to go over there, if that's not your will, may my hand never touch it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, they want to get into something and it's not God's will. You really, if you know the power of the cross, you'll just drop it. Moses pleaded with God towards the end of his life. Please let me go into the promised land. Let me just, let me just take across. And God said, no. And he kept pleading and God said, no, do not talk to me anymore about this. So there's some things God says, no. There's some things, I, there was a thing I wanted to go into one time and, uh, you know, from from my intellectual perspective, I couldn't see why God would say no. I thought I had good motives. I thought it had good, valid reason for pursuing this one never. And um, so I kind of presented it before the Lord, but I wasn't getting an answer. Well, in the interim, my church decided to do some fasting. I led our church into a, a fast and uh, came off the fast after, you know, 21 days, no food. And uh, I was just kind of hanging out one day in the house after I completed that fast and... Um, I said, oh, Lord, I said, what about that thing I had petitioned you for? What, what did you think about that? Because, I mean, I, I felt like I had wide open. I could hear, I could hear from the Lord so good. And the, and the Lord said, take your Bible and set it down. And so I, I took my Bible and just kind of uh, gently tossed it, not rudely or irreligiously, but just kind of tossed it like that. And it, pages fell open, and there was a scripture that just, it looked like God caused it to rise up off the page like a hologram. And it just stood there. And I read it, and I was like, oh, my Lord. And the Lord is basically saying, don't do it. It will distract your devotion to me. Yeah. It will pull you away from me. Mm. I talked to a very well-known minister one time who used to make a lot of money in the corporate world as a uh, stockbroker before he got into the ministry. And uh, he had asked the Lord, after he was very successful in ministry, Lord, can I merge business into my ministry. Not that it's wrong for some to do that, okay, because some had that dual anointing. But the Lord told him, no, don't do that. Because he said, you're very good at making money. Mm -hmm. And if you touch, if you start reaching back into that, it will distract you from what you're doing. And it would be a big step down because he's literally touching the world. Hallelujah. But I think when the Lord says no on something, we really need to drop it like a hot potato. Amen. You'll have enough on your plate to fulfill and to do without adding something extra that shouldn't be on there. I remember the, the prophet Kenneth Hagin many years back said that his wife, Aretha, came and talked to him. And she said, you know what? We're living in the house here, but I don't like these blinds. We need to get new blinds in the windows. And um, she said, I want you to use your faith that we can buy blinds. And he said, he said dear... He said, my faith is like a clothesline right now. And I've got so many things hanging on this clothesline that if I put one more thing on there, the whole thing is going to collapse. Because <laughs> he's believing for buildings. He's believing to take the gospel through television and all this stuff. And he didn't have room to put curtains on there. 
So she had to tackle that faith project herself. Amen. All of these things getting sorted out in your life as the spirit of wisdom and revelation really illuminates you. And you understand God's path, God's purpose for your life. Okay, so this three-aspect prayer that you may know, what is, the, what is the hope of his calling? God's got a lot invested in you. You want to reach the fullness of your potential, cross the finish line, and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Does that sound good? Yeah. Praise God. All right, now, number two, that you also may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. Sometimes, if you don't have the answer, and God's not giving you the answer, it's because there's somebody else in the body that he'll speak through to give you the answer. There is an inheritance in the saints where we all contribute, like ligaments and tendons in the body. You know, when you look at the, um, the Olympic weightlifters, the powerlifters, the ones that are doing the, you know, the, the super lifts, it's not necessarily muscle, although they are huge if you look at the super heavyweight division. But it's also the, the components you don't see. It is ligaments and tendons. And if those aren't strong, you'll pull the muscles out of their insertion point. So all, all of it has to work together. Then you have balance and equilibrium and all that, all these other little things that are making all of this work. So within the body of Christ also, there is this glorious uh, inheritance where we all can help each other, lift each other, push each other towards the destiny. Can you say yes? yes. I had, a, I had a, a brother come up to me one time as I was visiting my home church. He was the associate pastor. I was itinerant minister traveling, and I came in on a on a free Sunday, and uh, he said, um, he said, Brother Stephen, how are your meetings going? I said, Good. I said I could, uh, I said I could use some more. He said, You could use some more meetings. I said, Yes. I mean, that's what an itinerant minister needs. You you've got 52 weeks, 52 Sundays, preferably you'd like to have them all filled. Yeah. He goes, Well, Stephen, he said, Take out a he said, take out a pen or something to write with, and he and he said, Get you something to write on. I said, Okay. Takes his phone out, flips it open. This is maybe like almost 20 years ago. Flips that phone open and says, um, he says, write these down. He gave, me the, he gave me the name and the personal cell phone number to 10 pastors. He said, call them and just tell them that Ralphie referred you. I said, okay. I said, okay. And uh, I said, thank you. And so I, I didn't know how this was going to work out. Normally you call, you get a secretary, you got to work through all of this. They want they want to know your ID. They want to know your, your blah, 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 all that. Okay. So I called the first pastor. I said, hi, uh, my name is Stephen Brooks, and Ralphie uh, said I should give you a call. And he said, he just interrupted me and said, he said, when do you want to come? <laughs> and I was stunned. I said, well, I could, I could be there two weeks from today. He goes, good, I'll see you there Sunday morning. He didn't even plug me on a Wednesday night. He said, I'll see you Sunday morning. Wow. This guy, Ralphie, his word was gold. His reputation was gold. Wow. So I'm, I'm stunned, so I, I dialed the second number. This was a church in Central California. Hi, uh. My name's Stephen Brooks. I'm a, a traveling minister. Ralphie told me that I could give you a call. When would you like to come? I didn't even tell him what, how I minister. I didn't tell him my connections. I didn't do anything. So, I, so within like 15 minutes, I had lined up seven of the ten. Already I just lined them up. Lined them up. See, th this is something that you need to know here. Paul was wanting us to pray to have this revelation. That you can know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. That's you in the saints or in the body. We can all help each other. Mm. I can do something for you that maybe you can't do that thing for me, but there's something else you can do, and on and on and on it goes. I remember like a few months later, I saw Ralphie, and I said, hey, Ralphie, I called, I called all ten. The first seven I got almost immediately, and the others I'm following up on. Got all these meetings lined up. And he looked at me stunned. He said, you actually called them? I said, yeah. He said, you, you talked to them and set meetings up? I said, yeah. He goes, you wouldn't believe how many people I've tried to help. They don't even call he said, you called him. He, so, he was so happy for me that, I, that you try to help somebody and they actually they accept the blessing that you're trying to propel them into. And, um, and you know, he, he lived a short life. He didn't get up past his 40s and he's in heaven today. But he had done so many things like that, helping so many people that when he, when he passed on, um, I, it's like the whole city came out this, for his homegoing. It was amazing. It was amazing. But th there is blessing in the body. And you pray to get understanding on that. Praise the Lord. Um, now verse 19 is what I want to talk about today as we're uh, uh, celebrating Jesus as our healer. Now, this is also something you need to know. It comes by revelation. It comes by the eyes of your understanding being illuminated. Okay, That you may know, uh, verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power 
towards you as a believer according to the working of his mighty power now let's think about this just for a moment we're supposed to pray and ask God that we can know what is this exceeding greatness of this power that God has which which was demonstrated towards Jesus and raised him from the dead okay God give me revelation of this great power that's so powerful that it not only resurrected him from the dead, but it also was involved in even the ascension. Okay. Stop and think for a moment of everything that tried to hold Jesus down, but couldn't. Okay. So he's dead for three days, three nights. Placed into the grave. His physical body, his, his soul, his spirit, hanging out basically in um, the bosom of Abraham. And even as Ephesians 4 says that he led captivity captive, he took all of what we would call the Old Testament saints, took them out of that, that temporary holding place, a spiritual realm that was in the center of the earth, and he lifted all of them up, and he himself was raised up, and uh, as it says, he led captivity on high. Very, very interesting. And Satan couldn't stop it. Mm -hmm. And all the demons couldn't stop it. All the evil spirits, all these... I, I, I've seen principalities, power, rulers of darkness. I've seen evil spirits larger than buildings. I've seen them larger. I've seen some taller than 200 feet. I've also have had the privilege of seeing some angels, some mighty angels. When I was in Singapore, uh, the Holy Spirit showed me the angel, the, the archangel over the whole nation of Singapore. This, this angel was fierce. He was one of God's holy angels. that had black hair. Came down the like here with about, and he was probably, oh, uh, he looked to me like 600 feet tall. Wow. But, uh, you know, massive sword, feet, wow. feet standing out in the water, you know, like up to here. Oh, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. there's heavy, heavy duty, oh, heavy duty angels. Sure. Uh, uh, the, but on the dark side, there's some very far powerful forces as well. I, I once was taken down into uh, hell. And I saw Satan on his diabolical throne. You understand he's not always down there. He, he can travel around. You know, you know what I mean. Yes, he, he has headquarters throughout the uh, second heaven area, which is, you know, 30,000 feet up in the sky. He's got these strongholds. But sometimes he goes down to the dark kingdom and likes to just torture people that are in hell and uh, do all these awful things. But I, I saw him one time because he had a meeting. And, uh, you know, all these evil spirits were worshiping him and stuff like that and uh, hideous-looking creatures. Um but there's order, but order is enforced by fear. There's not order because we love you, and we, we just think you're, you know, you're wonderful. There's, there's order because if you don't, you'll be, you know, all of the uh, fear and torment. You'll be persecuted, tortured, whatever it might be. But there was a um, very powerful evil spirit that challenged Satan. And I watched this whole thing. This thing was, this creature was bigger than a house. And he was, and he looked like the Hulk, but just magnified many sizes over. And he challenged the devil. And then I saw the devil just hold his hand out. Satan held his hand out just like that. And, and just a evil force just flattened that thing like a pancake. Wow. Flattened that mighty, that evil being like a pancake. And all the evil spirits jumped up, ah, you know, praising Satan and stuff like that. So, but you have to understand, even with all of that power, all of them put together, it, God was stronger. He still lifted Jesus up. God wants you to have experience with that power. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And Paul is praying that the church in Ephesus, the church he started, so many people in that church, he, were, he was the one that led them to Christ. He's praying that they know this power, Amen. this lifting up power. Okay, That you know it in that area of your body where the disease is at. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. Yes. That you would know it in your in your arthritic condition. Yes. That that power, boom, just too strong, overpowering anything else that would have some power. That's okay because this is more powerful. It's the greatest power of all that actually raised Christ from the dead, oh, when every evil force was trying to hold him down, Amen. and all of them combined together still could not keep him down. Amen. That's power. Yeah. And there's nothing more powerful than that. Mm -hmm. mm. That power, will, that, that power is available to you. Um, so we need to tie into it, tap into it. Can you say yes? Yes. yes. All right. Here's, here's how this works. Um, when is the national championship football game, college? 
NCAA, right? Coming up in a few days, right? I don't know. Some of you don't follow sports, it's no biggie. Um, I, I don't follow sports that much, but sometimes you just kind of scan it to see what's going on. Well, in, in college football, why does this one team keep coming up all the time? It's either they're going to win the whole thing, or they're right up there in the finalists. But usually they're winning all the time. University of Alabama. Yes. Okay. Why are they always winning, or at least in the final, or at least have a phenomenal record? What's what's going on? Why is Clemson playing them in the in the championship? Hmm. It's interesting. Okay. So football comes down to mainly one thing: who's ever stronger is going to win. That's all it is. I, I know speed's important, but if you're real fast, but you're still real skinny, they're, gonna, they're still going to tackle you, and if you're not strong enough to endure all of that, you're not going to last. So it's really, yeah, speed's important, but it's really about power. It's really about strength. Whoever can push the other team around is going to win. It's really, who's the strongest? It's very, very interesting. So why is it that there's a guy on staff of the University of Alabama. He's on staff. He's not the head coach. He's not, he's not the offensive coach. He's not the defensive coach. Mm -hmm. Why is he on staff? But strangely, why in his position of not even being a head coach, why does he make more than what most other Division I head coaches make when all he is is the strength coach? Why do they pay the strength coach at the University of Alabama more money than the majority of all of the other head coaches in the major Division I schools? Because they figured it out. Who's ever stronger wins. That's all it is. If you're stronger than them are, you push them around, they can't push you around. That's all it is. <laughs> so you have to just find out how to get stronger than whatever your adversarial opponent is. That's Clemson right. finally figured it out too. Mm -hmm. Which is why they beat them, you know, I think it was last year, and why they're in the final this year. And that's why other guys look huge. Interesting, isn't it? Yes. That's all it is. Fascinating. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what they'll do, they'll take, they'll take um, the most highly talented athletes out of high school, bring them into their program at the University of Alabama, and now they've already known the weight room, but they'll take them to a whole new level by a guy that's not only world-class in teaching the principles of the Olympic lifts, but also world-class in the element of motivation. Mm -hmm. Motivation. You put, all that, that, you put all that together, you're gonna come out with a superior team that um, it doesn't matter how good the other coaches are, how smart they are, you just, if you run up against force, all, the only thing that you can deal with it is a force that's greater. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Okay, so you're tied into that force. What is it? Paul wants you to know it. God wants you to know it. Have real revelation of it. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? Now say power. Power. Towards you as a believer. There's power working towards you as a believer. And it's, it's in relationship or according to the working of his mighty power, which did what? Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Mm -hmm. All of this is resurrection power. Yes, amen. God wants you to know resurrection power and that air of your body where the sickness says, I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, sickness, uh, we have found out something more powerful amen. than you. That's right. It's the power yes. of God. Hallelujah. And you're going to have to bow. Why? Because we're stronger than you are. And amen. so although you've been here a while and you've, been, you've enjoyed your time tormenting me for eight years or ten years, whatever it might be, um, you might as well get ready to leave because I've been hitting the gym lately. Amen. Hallelujah. And I know, I know that Jesus is stronger than you. And so I know that you're going to be driven out. You're going to have to leave. And I'm forcing you to leave because I'm dealing now with a stronger force than what you are. Praise God. The mm. word. Very, very interesting, isn't it? Okay. So you have to tie into this through revelation. That's why Paul is saying, I'm praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be given unto you, that the light might go on in here, in the understanding. Okay. When it's talking about the understanding, the Greek word is cardio. Say where we get cardiology. It's your heart. It's your inner man. Amen. And you're like, I know it. And when you really know it, that, that stuff that's messed with you, it's, it's just like, time's up. Mm -hmm. And it knows time's up. It's Amen. nervous. It knows that's it. Right. 
and, and, and you can apply it at your house. You can apply it in a prayer meeting. You can apply it in places like this. But this is something where the light comes on. Praise God. Say, I'm walking in the light today. I'm walking in the light today. Well, verse 21, of course, this power is so strong that it's the power that lifted Jesus up and set him far above all principality and power and might and dominion. All the yucky things that I kind of talked about earlier that tried to hold him down. Well, this power lifted him above it. Those things couldn't hold him down. As strong as they were. As strong as they were. And everything that is named. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So all things have been put under the Lord's feet. And he's been given to be head over all things to the church. Okay, so I have had the grace and the privilege of having seen the Lord before in visions. When you see the Lord, of course, he's so wonderful. And eventually everybody's going to see him. That day will come for everybody. But uh, I've seen him in visions. And sometimes people say, well, what was your immediate impression? Because for some people, it's like, oh, my Savior. For others, oh, my Redeemer. And he, and he is. Oh, the shepherd of my soul. And he, and he is. So it could go on and on and on. But what was my impression when I met him? For me, for me, it was, it was different. For me, it was like, whoa, this is the head of the church right here. This is the guy that the Pope bows to. Mm. This is the guy that every well-known evangelical minister gets on his knees to. This is the guy that every believer on the face of the earth and in heaven bows before. Yes. He's head over everybody. Yes, he he's is. the one when he says yes, it's done. When he says no, it's done. It's, he's the final authority. Amen. He is the complete sovereign head of the church. Bless him. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes, Lord. Now, I also have had times I've seen the sweetness. I've seen the lamb side. I've seen, but, uh, you know, I've seen this thing where he's, he's the very top. Mm. You can go straight to the top with Jesus. Mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, you haven't met the leader of my denomination. Well, I, I haven't, but all I, all I know is that he also submits to Jesus. <laughs> as wonderful as he is and as authoritative as he is, he not only submits to Christ, he bows the knee to Christ. Mm. He's the top. He's the top. Okay. Now, you have to remember that you're in him. And he, uh, he, the Father, put all things under his, the Lord's feet, and gave Jesus to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay, so Jesus is the head, right? But you're in the body of Jesus. All things are under the Lord's feet. Amen. Right? Yes. If they're under his feet, that means it's also under your feet. That's right. Because you're in the body. Yes. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to go a little bit further. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. Ephesians 2, verse 6. It talks about how God has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly realms of Christ Jesus. Okay. Now, Saturday morning, 10.45, Albuquerque, New Mexico, you're sitting in very comfortable chairs that Glory Bound has purchased for your, uh, for your pleasure. It feels nice. You're, sitting, you're seated in Albuquerque in a medium-height place, praise God. But while you sit here, there is a deeper spiritual truth. That you're also right now, although you may not oh, yes. feel like it, although you yeah. may not seem like it, you're still seated with Christ in the heavenly yes. realms. Yes. And that is a truth, that is a truth whether you as a believer understand it or not, or even embrace it or not. But when you flow in the spirit of wisdom and revelation, you begin to realize, wait a, wait, wait a minute, I am seated with Jesus. That means if Jesus is above it, that means I'm above it too. It means if it couldn't hold down Jesus, technically it really can't hold me down either. No. And so really your understanding of who you are in Christ begins to unfold. And that is what begins to make the change. Not from reading it and saying, well, I know it's true, but it's not working in my life. From going to reading it and making it a true application of your life experience. Who? Mm. Mm. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so a lot of this, again, revolves around power and strength and who's stronger. 
Pretty strong. Mm -hmm. If you took me to a gym right now and you put you put 500 pounds on a bar and said, Stephen Brooks, lift that over your head. I'd say, you know, come on, I can't, I, I can't do that. And, and I, I just, that's too much for me. Now, there is an amount I can lift. I don't really know what it is. I just know I can't do that. I can't do that. So you look at the thing battling your body. You look at the sickness. You look at the disease. And um, let me give you an example with my eyes. There was a point with my eyes that they had deteriorated so bad that I had, I had to wear glasses that were a very special prescription. They were so thick, I think they were actually bulletproof. <laughs> um, but even with these really souped up glasses, uh, this was going back even many years back, even before I met Kelly, mm -hmm. I would wear these glasses and believe it or not, I was a taxi driver. And so, um, you know, this was long before GPS, so this was very, very nervous and nerve-wracking for me as a taxi driver when you're almost legally blind. And they would, all, they would always give me the car that, like, the brakes were about to go out. So it was, it was metal on metal. The pads were literally, had no pad. It was metal rubbing against metal. So I'm either going to crash into something or I'm going to drive into something because I can't see anything. And I would have to literally pull underneath street signs and put the window down and read the sign. Of course, you know the person in the back is going to go, what are you doing? I had that old time. What are you doing? Well, I just want to make sure I'm going the right way. You can't see that? No, I can't. And now they're getting nervous in the back like I'm nervous in the front. Well, um, I eventually reached the destination after a few wrong turns. Sorry about that. I, hey, you just missed my streets. Oh, sorry about that. I thought I knew a shortcut. Well, really, I didn't see it. Um, but just, you know, working through all of that. So I, I just had this thing like, Lord, I want to overcome this. Yes. And I, I really didn't have the faith where, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it right now. I, I mean, I could say that, but I, in here, I didn't really believe it. Mm -hmm. Why? No, no more than I believe, believe I could lift 500 pounds. Mm. But I knew God wanted healing for me. I knew that was in the Word. I knew healing's in the covenant. It's in the atonement. So I'm just going to claim it. I'm going to start believing it. And I'm going to get like my own spiritual gym. I'm going to start working out on this. And I said, not only am I going to get my eyesight back to normal, I'm going to step into a dimension called Hawkeye vision. Mm. And I, I, Now watch this. I began to read scriptures about healing. Now watch this. Not just about healing, but about healing of the eyes. Mm -hmm. Amen. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to read 3,000 healing scriptures every day. Well, what is your condition? I have a back problem. Well, don't read 3,000. Just read the ones about the back. That's what you need. I have a foot problem. You wouldn't believe how many scriptures are in the Bible about the foot. I have a nose problem. You wouldn't believe how many scriptures are in the Bible about the nose. So you find what you need, and you begin to feed on that. So I begin to feed on these eye scriptures. Moses lived to be 120, and his eyesight was not dim. I said, dear Lord, he was an old man in perfect vision. So I began to just read these things and meditate on these things and have my own little spiritual gym experience. What's going on? I'm getting stronger in here. I'm getting, my faith is starting to, I'm starting to feel like University of Alabama. But nothing's changed in the natural. Nothing's changed in the natural. So you, you just lock into that thing where you're not moved by what you see. For me, it was literal. But you're moved by what you believe. And I believe that Christ has paid the price for the healing for my eyes. I receive it by faith. And I'm just going to keep working on that, working on that. And so um, my, my eyesight didn't change at all. But I had an experience sometime after that where I was going to make a long drive from Texas to California. And I drove all the way. Uh, I, I remember coming through the mountains of New Mexico, and I just prayed in the Spirit. I actually prayed in the Spirit for 15 hours, and I didn't stop except to drink some water and to maybe just rest my tongue for a second. <laughs> but they would just so ba 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 son ba 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 suda ba ba just praying, having a good time in the spirit. And I got to California. I was on Interstate Eight, and I stopped at a rest area. I thought I'm almost there. And I, what was funny, I didn't even know where I was going. God just told me to go to California. Well, that was an experience, but that's a different story. So I'm driving, and I'm like, Well, I made it, Lord. I I'm in California now, and um, stopped at the rest area. Been driving a long time. Uh, went used the restroom, came back out. I sat on the hood of my car. I was tired. 
And I took my glasses off and set up on the hood of the car and kind of, you know, just rubbed my eyes. I said, Lord Jesus, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Got back in the car. Started up. Heading down the interstate going 70 miles an hour. Drove for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And I'm like, wait a minute, where are my glasses? I had left them on the hood of the car. And they were blown off. Who knows where? Oh, Lord. That says down just between you and me now. I feel like Barbados now who took off the beggar's garment. But I didn't mean to take it off. <laughs> so I kept on going. Arrived in California, got established to be, you know, a, a few weeks and so forth to kind of get things established and ironed out. Then you run into the thing, you're going to have to get a state driver's license since you're living there. Oh, Jesus, I don't have my glasses. I said, Lord, this is the time where my faith must now become sight. Mm -hmm. And I, I went into that um, driver's license uh, uh, place. You know, it's not like these are joyful places. You know, state-run institutions. It's not like, you know, this, I want to go there today and spend four hours there. We, you know, no, there's just all, you know, no smiles, all that. So I went in there. No no anointing. No, no, no anointing, anything like that. I went in there, and finally my time came. She said, next. And um, she said, uh, she said, you know, you know, today you can just look into the thing. But back then, you know, you stand and you read the chart. She said, she said read line, read line three. And I stood there and looked, and boom, it came in HD. HD. Not even 1080p, 4K, HD. I read the whole thing. She said, you passed. And then I, I, I just kept on going. I just stopped. I read the next line beneath it, the smaller line beneath it. Started calling it out. She said, it's okay, you passed. I said, I know, I'm just having fun. So watch this now. Walked back 20 feet behind the line and read the line below the, beneath the line I just read. Now they're getting excited. You're like, what are you some kind of a military, you know, specialist, you know, sniper or something like that? With no, no, no. And I just went out after that with my new driver's license without, without needing to have the stipulations written for glasses. I went out and said, God, it worked. God, it worked. What I just got stronger. I got stronger than the thing that the enemy was trying to shut me down with. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Okay. Amen. Okay, so watch watch this. Praise the Lord. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you happy today? Yes. 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 Oh, it's in here. Praise God. Let's see what we've got here. Okay, watch this. What are these? Glasses. These are my glasses. Pastor Stephen, what do you need those for? What do you need those for? Because the miracle that happened happened about... 22 years ago. And so I need to go back into the gym again. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Pastor Stephen, you just need to be a man of faith. You just need to throw, take those things and stomp them and throw them away. <laughs> yeah. now, there was a young man one time. He went down to uh, South America to ministry. And uh, he was very young in the ministry. All excited. He knew the word, but didn't know, you know, the... That didn't really have the close walk with the Lord. So he gets down there, calls people to come forward for healing. He says, who needs their eyes healed? And a, you know, a whole slew of people came up. Probably, I think like 600 people came up. He said, if you want Jesus to heal you, take your glasses off now and stomp them. And so people all over stomp on the glasses, grinding them with their heel into the ground, shattering them so they can never be repaired ever again. And he says, oh, get ready, get ready. And he prayed for them, and not, not one person was healed. So now he's sweating bullets. And uh, as far as I know, he never went back to that country ever again. Too, just too embarrassed. You know, he learned his mistake, but you know, all the people are disappointed. Got to go back to an eye doctor. And get, okay, so, so your faith has to be genuine. Oh, yes, sir. And it has to be genuine, or you're, just, you're, you're acting like the person who can lift 500 pounds when you know you can't. That's good. So be genuine with your faith, but keep working. Keep working. Yes. For you know what you're like. Something is happening, and it's just, it's just, I'm going to, this thing is going to come off of me. Yeah. You're just too yes. strong. Woo. Lord's too strong. And that's what happened. Jesus was raised up by the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit, and no power anywhere could stop it. That's you're right. tied into that power. You're tied into that power. But it just, it has to be real. You understand what I'm saying? It has to be real. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord. Mm. Now, the Holy Spirit is a person um, 
He's not. He's not fire. He's not water. He's not. A, he's not a. He's not a dove. <laughs> I know the theologians call him the the the, uh, the paraclete. One preacher got up and said, "He is the holy parakeet." No. He's the first, right? He's the third person of the of the Godhead: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, he will help facilitate your healing. He will also help facilitate the healing of others when you pray for them. So just work with him. Work with him, and you'll learn that he's a person. You'll actually learn what he likes, and you'll learn to like kind of flow with him. There's certain things he likes. Um, we're getting ready to pray for you. I was in a meeting one time in, um, in Central California, and in order to have a little bit of a larger service, the pastor had rented um, one of these like uh, venues where, you know, it's like a, um, what would you call it? Maybe like, I think like the day before they had a cattle event. you know, Convention the, center? A convention center type place or something like that. And so, you know, it was a large, large room that we had. So we're having, having a very nice time. The praise and worship was wonderful. I went and ministered. And as I was ministering, um, the Holy Spirit started to come on me. And because uh, I, I can sense that anointing, it start, he started coming on me. He's a person. And, um, and I knew that the Lord Jesus wanted me to minister to the sick. Mm -hmm. And I told the pastor, who's a very gifted musician, reminds me of uh, Pastor White. I said, let's sing one song. Then I'm going to lay hands on the sick. God's going to get them. So he's singing this song. Right when he started singing the song, um, in the next room, I guess somebody had rented the next large event center over from us, a Maharachi band started up. All this is going on. And, uh, and I'm trying to hold that anointing, but I can tell the Holy Spirit, um, he didn't like it. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold that anointing. But over in the next room, that bass player kicked in. <laughs> he came off of me, and it, it was literally like a dove. I could feel like wings. He just, he, I'm not saying he has wings, and I'm not saying he's a bird, but he's, it's like a, a dove lifted up off of me and flew away. And now, Stephen Brooks is just standing there. So, and that's okay. I can minister in faith. Yeah. Do you see the difference? But yes. when there's an anointing yeah. and you work with that anointing, you get a whole lot better results and you get a whole lot faster. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Lord Amen. Jesus. Mm. Mm. This, this meeting today is mainly catered for believers. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you're an unbeliever, you can get healed real easy by the Lord. Yeah. Um, you don't even have to know anything about anything, really. Religious, you know, about the Lord. Just, you, Lord Jesus, I believe. And before God touch you, you can get healed. But as you come into the kingdom, the Lord wants you to start working with kingdom principles, mm -hmm. such as faith. Okay? And what maybe took you originally to a certain place, it's not working anymore. Why? Because the Lord expects you to move out of spiritual diapers into the mature image of Christ. That's good. And what yeah. previously carried you, grandma's prayers, the pastor's <laughs> praying over, why is it not working anymore? Because you're supposed to grow up. That's good. You're supposed to grow up. Yeah. Amen. Mm. That's why David, wrongly having the Ark of the Covenant transported on an ox cart, a guy reaches up to stabilize it, and Uzzah struck dead. But later, when the Philistines moved the ox cart carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they got their hands all over it. Mm. And sure don't, uh, people are touching it, and not one Philistine died. Why? They don't know what they're doing. Grace and mercy. But as a believer, God expects you eventually to move into the understanding of His principles and working this by faith. Here's the good thing. Here's the good thing. You, you get it by faith, you'll never, ever lose it. Mm. What? You know the mechanics of it. You know the dynamics of it. Praise God. And it's like riding the bike. You can go back there again. That's why for now, I just wear my glasses, but I know where I'm going. Why? I've been there before. Hallelujah. God's going to touch me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. Say, I'm going into fullness of healing.
by the power of the Lord. Amen. You get stronger, you get stronger, and you get stronger, and then the anointing removes the burden, and then the, the anointing destroys that yoke, and it's gone. It's gone. Lord, we give you praise today. So we have to honor the Holy Spirit and just be sensitive to that flow, what he would like to do, even the music that he would like. Sometimes there's just certain songs that the Holy Spirit uh, not that there's anything wrong with the words, but the Holy Spirit doesn't want that song sung to Jesus at that point. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to sing it anyhow. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's okay. You can go ahead, but nobody's going to get healed. Mm. You, have, you have to learn that flow. That's learn good. the flow of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Lord, we thank you for power today. Thank you for resurrection power released into bodies today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, O God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm getting stronger. Lord, I'm getting stronger. Getting stronger. Hallelujah. So you're getting stronger in the word. You're getting stronger in the anointing. You're getting stronger in your overall walk with God. It's a package deal. Mm -hmm. The next thing you know, you're free. Praise the Lord. Amen. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you that anointing is coming right now. Praise God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that, that anointing can come anytime, any any place. I was... um. I was in a place where I had had a couple of sports injuries. And um, I guess the only way to fix them would be to go to a doctor and to pay a whole lot of money. And I didn't really have that money at that time. And even if I did, I didn't know if I'd want to spend that much money. So I just thought, well, Lord, I'll just have to trust you. I had a complete torn biceps muscle, completely torn out of the insertion board. I had a complete torn uh, chest muscle, pectoralis major muscle. And uh, these are things, you know, you just can't stick them back in there. You have, they have to be medically attached properly. And I said, well, Lord, I know why that happened. That shouldn't have happened. I, sh I should have uh, been more careful. But nevertheless, here I was, and I was, I was hurt. But I just worshiped the Lord one moment, and a scripture swept over me. Isaiah 61, 7. Hmm. I'll give you double. I'll give you double. Wow. And the, hmm. uh, the Holy Spirit came on me, and I felt heat go all over me. And both things got reattached and healed at the same time. Yeah. Glory to God. I got the double. And so, and so that anointing could come anytime, any place, here, your house, anywhere. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, one more thing, one more thing. I believe that the Lord wants you to be healed so you can serve Him. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Pastor Stephen, I want to be healed so I can live. Live, live for him. Yes. Or live just to have fun. Mm. Which you know, we all we all want to enjoy life. But there's something about being a soul winner. God sustains the soul winner. There's something about when you have a kingdom heart. Um, there's a, there's like a a protection that comes over you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Even uh, Jerry Falwell, the pastor, many years back that God used to raise up Liberty University. He said it's almost like you become invincible mm. when you have God's agenda on your heart. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, you have your own life, but you're also concerned about the Lord's agenda. And as long as you're plugged into that, no matter how many things would stand against you, no matter how many things attack you, it's like you just keep on going and you pull out of it and you just keep on going until finally you complete your assignment, live your life out. Amen. Amen. Supernatural blessing and protection. Amen. So I believe God wants to heal bodies so you can serve Him. Amen. Be a good witness for Him. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you praise today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the University of Alabama, they call it the Crimson Tide. I see the crimson blood of Jesus Amen. right now made available for you to receive. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory. 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 Praise the Lord. Do we have the little mini portable communion cups? 
If yes. not, it's okay. But you know the one you pull off, it's got the little wafer in it? No, no we don't. No we have problem. some little cups, but not. No problem. Any grape juice? Praise the Lord. Well, we probably shouldn't pass a big bottle of grape juice around. Right. They have cups, honey. You have cups. We have the little cups. But do they have grape juice? Okay, they're not pre-made. That's okay. Ooh. Lord, we but just do they have grapes. grape juice? Hmm? Mary. I just feel like there's like a communion in Yeah, they have grape juice. Put it in a cup. If we can do that, we can certainly wait on the Lord. Yes. Okay, so what is communion? Oddly enough, it's, it's the celebration of the Lord's death. I used to read that and think, why don't we proclaim his resurrection? You know, I would read, I would read, read what Paul said, that when you take the communion, you are proclaiming the Lord's death mm. until he comes. So I would think, well, why, why, why? I thought we were supposed to proclaim his life. Resurrection. Okay. When you proclaim the Lord's death, you are, you are identifying with the power released through the cross. Yeah. The laying down of your own life so that you can find out what true life really is. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I was really ministering to a lady one time that had cancer. Had her, I felt like, on, on an edge where she could come into the healing. Something's blocking it, and she won't. She won't, she won't tell me. She's not helping me. And um, I, said, I said, Sister, are you holding any unforgiveness against anybody? You have any kind of, you know, unforgiveness or somebody that's done you wrong? Anything in your heart? Oh, oh no, Pastor Stephen. Oh, no. No. And she loved the Word of God to quote the Scriptures. I'm ministering to her sometimes 45 minutes a day. One-on-one, -on -one, taking time to do that. And the word's working, but it's not kicking in gear. And I was just, just kind of like, I would pray to the Lord, Lord, what's blocking this in her life? And then one day as I was alone with the husband, the husband said, Stephen, he said, I know my wife doesn't admit it, but she has never forgiven me for the time that I committed adultery on her years mm -hmm. back. She has never forgiven me of that. And he let that slip out. So I, I see her again uh, a few days later. Sister, is there any unforgiveness that you would have in your heart towards anybody? Because we have to deal with this. We also to block the anointing from working in your life. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen. Mm. You know what? Not even Jesus can go in there and override that. That's right. Certainly, I can't. That's yeah. your own heart. And not even, now the Lord can knock on the door of it. But he can't even force his way in there. And although she knew it was God's will to heal, when quote the scriptures, I also knew the anointing's not going in. And she died. She died a few weeks after that. Ooh. Pastor Stephen, it must have been God's will for her to go home. No. No, it wasn't. But she never, she never let the Lord deal with her in that area of her heart. Oh, would that be something that would produce a major anger and... You know, uh, something you would certainly have to deal with? Oh, absolutely. But nevertheless, Jesus said, forgive those who have sinned against you. And she wouldn't let that thing go. Mm. Lord, we give you praise today. Yes, Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, what about uh, Brother So-and-so? He was prayed over and he died young. Well, I don't, I don't know all of that. All I know is that the healing is for us. Amen. And as individuals, we have to work out these little things that could trip up the anointing from working. Lest you get to heaven. Lest you get to heaven. And the Lord says, I'm glad you're here. But you're really supposed to not arrive until 38 more years. Mm. But nevertheless, I'm glad you're here. Right? That's okay, right? At least you made it. But you want to live your life out and accomplish all that God has called you to do. Because there's no second take. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up. Bring them down and lift them up, just like this. Say, I'm getting stronger. It's going to move, Pastor Stephen. It can't hold me because it can't hold Jesus. Get too strong. Get too strong. Mm. 
See, many years ago, Prophet Kenneth Hagin talked about when he was a young child with an incurable blood disease. Because he had the incurable disease that doctors left him to die, he was malnourished, he was underweight, and he was also underdeveloped. Praise God. Now they're getting the communion together. Yes. Please go ahead and take that and hold it. We'll receive it in just a moment. Turn off the cell phones. Well, also, turn off cell phones. Remember the Holy Spirit. You'd be surprised what can cause the anointing to shift. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. So Brother Hagen, Prophet Kenneth Hagen is a young child, incurable blood disease. So he would go to school as a young boy, and there was a bully in school. Anybody ever encounter a situation like that? You have the bully. You have the young boy who's in third grade, but yet he already, he already weighs 140 pounds, and all the other kids weigh 80. Okay. Well, Brother Higgins said there was a bully in school, and Kenneth Higgins was so weak and frail, had that heart condition, that the bully would just come up and just push him. And push him out on the ground and laugh at him while he rolled there in the dust. Mm. See, that's what sickness and disease likes to do. Mm -hmm. Likes to try to dominate, push you around, and degrade you and strip your dignity as a child of God. But Kenneth Hagin said, this wasn't right what I did. But he said, at that time I was not yet born again. But he said, what I did is I went to school and in my backpack I brought a hammer. <laughs> And I went up behind that, bu that bully, that boy, in class. I walked up behind him, and I took the hammer out, and I hit him over the head with the hammer. Wow. And it knocked him totally out, laid him out on the floor. People thought I'd killed him. I, they weren't trying to kill him. I just tried to say, don't mess with me. <laughs> As a young child. Amen. They said, that's not right. But see. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Ooh, glory. Mm -hmm. The symbol of the Christian faith, the goldfish. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, that's a little chill. Charles Cracker. No, it's the symbol of the church. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You have to deal with the evil strength with the greater strength. The strength of the Lord. In love, not hitting somebody over the head with a hammer. No. And agape love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, we're going to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Right now, see Christ on the cross, on, on the cross, suffering for you, letting all sickness and disease come on him. So that you don't have to carry it. Mm. He bore our sins and sicknesses on the cross. So that we don't have to walk around with this stuff in our bodies. Mm. Praise you Jesus. Mm. There was a very godly pastor in church. Sitting in church. And suddenly she had a vision. And saw Christ on the cross being crucified. Gasping for breath. Oh. <gasps> Because, you know, that's when you're, when you're being crucified, that's one of the things that kills you, is you can't get oxygen. And so she saw him struggling for breath, for breath, and the Lord looked at her, and she stood up in the church and said, the Lord will heal anybody from asthma right now. And a person had suffered from asthma all their life was healed instantly. Why? He took it on the cross. And she saw him struggling to breathe. Mm. Mm. Okay, so whatever your sickness is, See it on Jesus right now. That's why we proclaim his death. Mm -hmm. It's during that death that he paid this price so that we can have this freedom in this life that we now enjoy. These promises that we can come into. Okay, take, take the bread in your hands. Okay. Father, we thank you for the bread and for the juice. We consecrate it. We set it apart as holy. I'm smelling grape juice in the spirit. Hallelujah. Mm. So, Father, we thank you. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, when we look at it, we see a little goldfish. But, Father, in faith, this is now the flesh of Christ. And he said, eat it. He said, this is my body. So, Father, we now receive the body of Christ 
and we receive healing by faith. Let's yes, take it. Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See the Lord on the cross bearing your sickness right now so that you can be free. Mm. Hallelujah. Take the, take the cup. And Father, we thank you. This is the blood of Jesus shed for the remission, the taking away of our sins, giving us full access to you. Woo! Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, that Jesus paid for our sickness and all of our diseases at Calvary so that we can be free. We dare to believe it. We dare to believe it. We thank you, Father God, that Jesus is stronger, the Word is stronger, and that these things cannot remain attached to us that would be of the enemy. We thank you, Father, that as we drink the cup, we believe we go free now. In Jesus' name, let us now receive the blood of Jesus. Ooh, praise the Lord. Lift your hands and say, Jesus, I receive my healing. I receive my healing. Say, I receive forgiveness of sins. I receive forgiveness of sins. Some of you struggle with condemnation. <clears throat> you struggle with, with, with sins in your life. And you think, I'm not worthy. Okay, that's something that can block the anointing. Because in Christ, through his shed blood, you have been made worthy because you're in him. Because of what he did for you. So identify with him. Let that anointing flow right now. The Lord's healing minds right now. Yes. He's healing minds right now. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Any prophetic presbytery that would like to stand with me, the leadership, we're going to get ready to minister to many of you. Hallelujah. But the Lord's healing minds right now. Depression leaves right now. Evil spirits coming off of people right now. Hallelujah. Jesus, we give you praise. Uh, some of you, I see in the spirits like you've been tangled up like in a spider web. And you want to get free, but it's like the more you struggle, the more you got tangled. Hallelujah. The Lord sets you free right now in the name of the Lord. And those things, those webs are being burned and melted by the Holy Spirit. You go free from that thing today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody here today where you feel like somebody has gravely wronged you and you have every justification to not forgive them, let it go right now. Forgive them. Bless them. It doesn't mean you've got to be their best friends or hang out with them or something like that. But you must forgive them and go on. Release them. Forgive them. Let it go. Let it, let it go right now. Forgive them. Get that right between you and the Lord right now. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Okay. Holy Spirit, show me right now that the reason that some of you were attacked is because you didn't even know how to resist. And when the enemy began to attack, began to launched this thing on you some of you didn't know what was going on so you didn't put up a resistance and therefore it just came in like a flood but the holy spirit's going to turn it and the the, the power of god's going to drive that thing out of your life praise Ooh. god even if it's already there and it's already in camp and entrenched it still is going to be driven out by the power of the holy spirit lord jesus we give you praise thank you lord god Oh, God, we give you praise and glory. Thank you, Father God. Uh, addictions are being broken right now. If there's yes, any right. uh, addiction to uh, nicotine, yes. tobacco products, snuff, anything like that, even the e-cigarettes, your deliverance is here. Just take it right now by faith. Jesus set you free. You feel a fire burning in you. It's a good fire. The Lord's setting you free right now. Father, we give you praise. The Lord's touching feet right now. If you have chronic yes. foot problems, uh, uh, heal problems. Um, yes, Lord. What's that heal thing called, Kelly? That plantaritis or something like that? Fasciitis. That's it. The plantar fasciitis that's being healed right now. If that's Hallelujah. you, take that. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 The Lord's coming up your body right now, and He's touching any arthritis. It goes now. Lord, we give you praise. The Lord's touching. I see. I smell cigarettes in the spirit. Yeah. Deliverance is taking place right now. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. This is one of those times if you step out in faith, you can take that nicotine product and you throw it away. You're not going to need it later. Now, there's an anointing right now. There's an anointing right now. 
glory as the trash can comes around for the communion yeah. uh, cup. If you need to throw something in there, throw it in there. We're not watching. And then just go ahead and throw something in there if it needs to go to the trash. Hallelujah. Your freedom, your deliverance is here. And it could be something even beyond uh, the nicotine. It could be something darker. But there's freedom right now in the name of Jesus. You're under an open heaven. This is your time to receive. Father, we give you praise. The Lord is touching the area of the chest. If you've struggled with asthma, you have a breathing problem, the Lord's touching you now. Receive. Now the fragrances of the Lord are going to begin to come forth. Some of you are going to begin to smell mentholatum, supernatural fragrance like the Vicks vapor rug. Okay, healing of your chest, healing of your breathing passageways. Praise God. The Lord's also dealing with any sinus issues, uh, nose problems, uh, sinus drip, um, something's wrong with your nose. Be healed in the name of the Lord. Receive in the name of Jesus. Praise God. In the private area of your body right now, your sexual organs, but in between you and the Lord in the privacy of your heart, if there's something there, maybe something in the years past that, that you know, you look back on your life, you wish you had done some things that you... Uh, differently, you wish you would have not have done some things that you did, but you did, you did it, and maybe you caught something, and you're still you're still seeing the results of that today. The Lord heals you of that today. Glory Hallelujah. To I'm talking about any type of sexually transmitted disease. The Lord heals you of that today. Receive in Jesus' name. Glory, glory. About the hand of Mike off to of Mary, but I'm also hearing right now the Lord's touching ears right now. Receive healing for your ears right now in the name of Jesus. Father, release the fragrances of heaven right now to bear witness and to speak to your people uh, of their destiny and of the great future that you have for them. For it is unfolding before them with great clarity right now in the name of Jesus. They're going to need their health for it. And we celebrate Christ as our healer. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.